0: I'm Denisha Simpson,
1: and I'm Joy McGowan, and And we we are are Resilient resilient Black Women. women.
0: We are the co-host to this podcast, which is all about demystifying mental health for Black women, women of color, and women everywhere.
1: Thanks for listening to the podcast today, y'all. If you like what you hear, share this episode with a friend. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to the podcast. We are can't believe that one this is our last episode of the year can you believe it Denisha no
0: I know it's went by super fast um I feel like where does time go right yeah. like here we are at the end of 2023
1: it's crazy I do feel like this year has like flown though <laughs> Like yes it's already over and I, you know this year uh you know we're ending this season of 2023 our third rbw podcast season with an episode that's all about what it means to embrace and accept it all and it was an interview that we did quite some time ago with an author named kimberly ann bell i'm wondering if uh you can tell us a little bit about kimberly denisha
0: Sure. Um, I really enjoyed this interview with Kimberly. Um, she was just so open and vulnerable. And um, she's a native of Salisbury, Maryland. She holds two degrees, one in human growth and development, which is in the field of psychology and the other in theology. She has served on the ministerial staff at St. James AME Zion Church, and she completed four years of conference studies. She's a passionate speaker and author of the epitome of Kimmy, Accept and Embrace It All. She uses her personal life struggles to inspire others to give up hope, to never give up hope, and she provides insight into the realities that lay hidden beneath the surface of our society. She's also an advocate for mental health awareness. She covers topics like physical, mental, emotional, and sexual abuse, as well as childhood abandonment, PTSD, and healing from trauma.
1: Yeah, and I, I love the title of her book accept and embrace it all because Mm -hmm. i think you know as we come to the end of this year i'm just wondering like just for our listeners and even for ourselves like this hasn't been like the best year (laughs) um and I'm, i'm remembering of like all the memes around right now about how people are like calling pretending to call god and say I hope I'm not on your uh, warriors list for next year. Right? Yeah. <laughs> uh, take me off that list. And so, I don't know. I, I was just, just thinking through as we did this interview with Kim of just how, like you said, like her interview was so personable. Uh, she shared so much of her story um, and a lot of parts of her story that were like tragic and painful. Um, mm-hmm. And that she left us with this sense of hope. And one of the things that came up in her interview was just like mantras or mottos. And I'm wondering, like, how do you use mantras or mottos in your counseling uh, with with clients? Um, Are there like certain phrases or words that you kind of repeat to your clients that you want them to remember to help them kind of reach their goals? Like, how do you use those in your therapy practice?
0: Well, the one that automatically always comes to mind and the one I use often because it sounds maybe cliche, but when you're sitting with a client, it just always hits home, which is it's okay not to be okay. Um, because I think so many people in life, for whatever reasons, um, in certain spaces they're in, it's it can come, it can seem like it's not, it is, it's not okay to be okay, um, And so just giving, it's almost like giving them that permission that they need to give themselves permission um, to be okay with not being okay. Um, Not saying that that's forever, right? But in that season that you're in now, sometimes it has to be okay not to be okay in order to get to the other side. And so that's one I repeat often.
1: Yeah, I love that one. I feel like that goes really well with how we always try to like redefine resilience on our yes. podcast for people and we're mm-hmm. like it's not about being strong you don't have to be strong. right so I love that phrase it's okay to not be okay yes and the hope that you give in that too though is like you won't be like this forever right
0: right just kind of accepting where you're at right now and knowing that that doesn't last forever right Like, I remember um, growing up, my mom and grandma would always say, like, joy comes in the morning. And as I've gotten older, I think back then I was like, well, wait a second. I'm waking up. (laughs) But now I see, I see, especially on my own personal journey of becoming a therapist and sitting with clients and just personal stuff, like, it's all there is always a tomorrow and that tomorrow might not actually literally be the next day right but there is joy that comes
1: yeah one of the ones that i like to say to my clients is uh to one that your trauma will tell you half truths
0: Mm -hmm.
1: so i always try to encourage my clients like tell the whole story Mm -hmm. the whole story like remind your body about the whole story um and sometimes I think sometimes like when we've experienced trauma or pain or tragedy we do kind of get caught up in the moment of just like the survival of the thing yes so your body and your brain does have to like legitimately shut down certain parts just so you can Uh survive and it takes like community or going back to the thing to realize like oh this was also happening at the same time and this happened and that and so I always try to remind my clients or sometimes like you know We often talk about in therapy, how like trauma or fear hijacks the nervous system. Right. And so I'm trying to remind my clients, like when fear comes online, you've got to slow down a little bit and tell your body the whole Mm -hmm. truth because fear is only going to tell you enough to make sure that you see all the threats. Right. But if there's no actual threat, then we have to slow down and tell our body the whole truth. Tell the whole Mm -hmm. truth. Um, but I think it goes back to and, and you 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 said it earlier of just how do we help people kind of embrace or or at least accept mm-hmm. part of the things that have happened in their life that they cannot change. Right. And maybe the embracing is like embracing what I do have the power and the ability to change and take control of.
0: Absolutely. Um I always often say with my trauma clients, like, I don't want you to relive it, but I am going to encourage you to renegotiate it, right?
1: Say that part one more time. That's really (laughs) I really.
0: I don't want you to relive it, um, but I am going to encourage you to renegotiate it, right? Like we don't want our clients to come in and just like feel like because they're in a therapy room that they have to go back and tell ev- their whole story in every detail right but when you are negotiating it you're doing what you're saying is like accepting those truths but all those half truths but also like being aware of where they this threat is no longer here this threat is no longer valid right
1: that's good that's really good d like I really like that, and I think that's a. I think it's just a perfect point to remember, especially as like, you know, our winters are getting ready to hear this story about Kimberly Bell. Um, mm-hmm. And I think that's that is what shows up in her story. Like she is kind of going back and renegotiating some things about her past. Right. Yes. And then she is like determined to do things differently for herself, for her her children, her daughter. You know, she talks so much about her daughter in this episode. Um, and she's not allowing her past to kind of hold her back, like her trauma mm-hmm. to hold her back. Um, and then ultimately from what you read in her bio, right, she becomes this advocate for things that she experienced as a victim. Yes. And now she's advocating for other people to like, hey, go get go to go to therapy, mm-hmm. go, go be involved in mental health. You don't have yes. to stay in abusive Like she's advocating for people to like get the peace, get the freedom that they need. Um And so I don't know. So I guess like as we get ready to let our listeners listen to this, uh, the last episode for the year, we hope that like the encouragement to y'all is um, one, you can renegotiate (laughs) the trauma from your past, tell yourself a better story uh, and find a way to find a way to see like, what do you need to accept about Mm -hmm. what has happened and then what can you embrace regarding the things that you actually do have the power to change?
0: I love that yeah this was good um I do notice that like our energy is different I feel like in this interview because um what she was saying was so powerful and she was so vulnerable and um just with sharing her story and so I think us as it's almost like being a therapist you automatically attune so you know we attune, and so I think that in hearing her story, we were just kind of like, well, "This is, this is deep."
1: Yes, I think mm-hmm. you're right. We were just attuning to her in that moment,
0: absolutely,
1: and wanting to make sure that like she felt safe enough to keep sharing, and
0: absolutely,
1: and and be present with her own story. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, and she, I don't think that she shared as a victim. I think that she shared as someone who is like thriving now oh
0: my gosh yes yes
1: Other side of that
0: Mm mm-hmm
1: right and I think that's another takeaway too like there's always more to your story Um, yes your trauma your abuse your pain your fear is not the whole thing it's just one part of your Mm -hmm. story
0: Uh,
1: and we see that in Kim We we see so much more that has come out of our life Absolutely. Well, we hope y'all enjoyed this episode.
0: Hello, and welcome to our listeners. We are excited to be here today with the beautiful Miss Kimberly Bell. Um, normally, Joy and I just do a quick check-in to see how we're feeling. If you don't mind joining us in that, also, if you, that's something you don't feel comfortable with, feel free to just let us know and we'll keep moving. Um, so, Joy... Um, How are you feeling today in this moment as we are about to interview Ms. Kimberly?
1: Yeah, I mean, um, a part of me is kind of, like really curious about listening to Kimberly and being able to hear a little bit more of her story. I love when we have Black female professionals um, as guests on our podcast and then the other part of me I think my body is just like reeling from being sick this week and all the things that come with being sick and my whole uh, this little cold summer cold has just like run through our whole little family (laughs) so I'm just Feeling like, I feel like as much as I've stayed in a bed and slept, I still don't <laughs> feel like rested. And so just could tell that my body needs more sleep uh, when she's not sick to actually feel better. So I'm feeling a lot of stuff in my body right now. What about you, Dee?
0: That makes sense because resting when you're sick is totally different from resting when you're not sick, right? Yeah. Not, the same. not at all. Um, I'm feeling really excited to be here and eager to learn um what our guest has to say and teach us and all those great things.
1: <laughs> all right, Miss Kim, did you want to jump in and tell us how, how's your body doing, how you how you feeling today?
2: Okay, so how I'm feeling today is um, in awe, as I was saying to you um, earlier, I am um, just experiencing a new season in my life. Um, I am counting down to be 50 August the 13th. So last year, and I'm going to celebrate like I'm celebrating. I'm celebrating. (laughs) So, um, last year, uh, why I say my body and mentally and just emotionally, I'm just in awe because last year has been a year of losses. Um, I had my uh, youngest daughter' father, my last husband, passed away in September, and she's seven years old. So I did, we did some adjusting, and we, um, we did, uh, homeschooling. And out of the four adult children, I never did homeschooling, but I did you know what I felt was best at the time for her to adjust to the death of her father and we got through dance her first intro to dance and so seeing um after he passed away not four or probably not even five months, my adopted mother passed away. And um, so that was the two losses because they're both parentals. That was a key point in my life has now is no longer physically here. And uh, this year, it's just been we're almost in the middle or not the middle of the year. And it has been like so much gain. Even mentally, emotionally, restoration, Um, me getting out of the box. I just came back from Las Vegas. I took um, Manye, which is the baby girl on our first cruise, where I was able to speak about my book and my life. So it has just been, um, and even still being um, single, um, I have been able to uh, see how God has really fulfilled me emotionally and me taking that step of putting myself first, of not settling, but understanding that I have, I am worth and I have the capability to choose what's best for me and my daughter. So I'm in awe.
1: (laughs) I'm in awe all the way around. That's awesome. Man, thank you so much, Kimberly, for just sharing so much about your story and so much about the grief and the pain yeah. that you've been living through these last yeah. few years. Yeah. Um, it sounds like you have been doing the very best thing for your daughter and her own yeah. grief. Um, yes. And making all the right decisions as her mama. Mm-hmm. So yeah. I'm glad to hear that and just glad to just get to know more about you. Uh, As we get started, I want to, this is a question that we ask all of the Black women who come on our show. Um, And so we're going to pose it to you as well. It says, what does it mean to you to be resilient, Black, and female? Hmm. Uh,
2: What does it mean to be resilient and Black and female? Well, the resilient part, uh, it means the core of my very essence, uh, resilient, because I believe that resiliency is still non nonstop. And, and us females and on our creation, it's up to us to choose to keep, keep being resilient and uh, keep it, keep it coming. So um, because life does happen, cha- changes is going to happen, challenges is going to happen. So uh, that part, that's what that means to me, and being Black is everything because of my ancestors and because of my root, you know, and I'm so proud to to be a Black woman, to um, really be able to speak bold and confident of the taboos when it comes to us Black women, and to not only that, but to support us together as a whole and be able to collaborate and lean on one another for the time that we are, we are in today. Um, female as a woman. And that also means uh, everything to me because my mind shifts back to my first child was at 15. And I remember one of the pivotal points in my life And that carried on to how I celebrate, like I don't celebrate like I'm crazy when it comes to birthdays is because I did not get that 16th birthday because I was pregnant. And that was, and it was told because I got pregnant. Now all birthday uh, um, celebrations go to my baby. And so besides that, I remember very vivid, uh, being so upset that I had got myself in this position and not knowing what to do with myself and my adopted mother said, which she only said and did what her generation generation at that time would do. And she said, uh, you know, you're a woman now. And so from that point, it pivoted my life, even at 15, knowing that I was this small, <laughs> very petite, long hair, brown little girl in mind and in body was going to try to do whatever I had to do because I was told I was a woman. So that's so pro- profound to me because I remember years trying to rush and trying to be that woman until God had to heal me in a lot of places and let me know I wasn't responsible for the things that I had to go through because I only was going through what I was told that I had to be that I yeah yeah
1: yeah no I mean I love it (laughs) Brazilian is at your core being a black woman is the part of like learning how to lean on Other black women and other people in your life. And even your sense of like identity as a woman has been transformed and changed and even challenged in some ways of like, hey, maybe these concepts, uh, this this pressure that was put on me is not something that has to stay on me. And that has to
2: stay, right. Right. We need to
1: redefine what it means to be female, and Black, and resilient, and I feel like that's very much the same as what Denisha and I are trying to do. I think oftentimes when we hear people talk about the strong Black woman, or people talk about even sometimes resilience, um, Mm -hmm. they feel like the the idea of resilience and strength and and being Mm -hmm. strong is exhausting, and I feel like Denisha and I are always trying to, like, redefine the term of resilience, of not just um getting back up and uh being alone but the research would say that the most resilient people are the most connected are the people who are Mm -hmm. the most grounded are the people who know that they have people places and things connected to them right Mm -hmm. like i love your your point about being black it's like i don't have to lean on me it's not just up Mm -hmm. to me it's it's all these other people and and it sounds Mm -hmm. like your faith has been a very important part of your resiliency thank you so much for sharing.
2: no problem great question I love that (laughs) I've never been asked that one
0: (laughs) I do love what you said about I wrote down collaborate and lean on each other I think that that is a big part of Joy and I's definition of resilient right it's just being able to lean on others as we're trying to bounce back as we're trying to navigate Um, so I love that you said that so I'm moving in to the next question. Um, can you just tell us about your embrace and accept it all motto?
2: <laughs> so my accept and embrace motto came through, I believe the first chapter of my uh, memoir, The of Kimmy, And um, I had to, before I completed that first chapter, I first had to start from the foundation, from the beginning. And when I, got to the foundation from the beginning it just was like uh, surreal like the spiritual um, moment said you have not accepted you have to accept first that this has happened in my mind I knew it happened but I wasn't accepting the whole core of that it happened and it was sad I, I, I didn't accept that it was wrong. Some of the parts in it was not right, was not fair, was unjust, was um, um, not normal, wasn't a normal beginning, wasn't a normal childhood. I, I had to accept that um, those years of feeling like I wasn't a gift, um, that that was not true, that each child that comes into this world is a gift from God. So I had to accept a lot of things. And then as I um, got that point, immediately it was I had to embrace that brokenness, um, rejection, the feeling of abandonment, um, always feeling like someone had to validate my emotions. I had to embrace that they did not have to stay that way. It was up to me. To choose how I wanted my life to be and to embrace that I was not responsible for what people did to me, but I am responsible how I respond and how I
1: live. Okay, I want to slow you down really quick. <laughs> That's so good. It's so good. Like you see, Denisha is shaking her head, like, because yeah. mm-hmm, these are phrases and um language that we work really hard to communicate mm-hmm. with our own clients and so yeah. this your your life <laughs> model uh embrace and accept it all I'm like wow like this is a hard thing yeah. to do
2: yeah it and i is- not and a, yeah exactly and it wasn't throughout my life it was like it bits and pieces like I could accept that I quit school okay that was yeah I knew why I quit school. I quit school, I came home, I said to my mom and dad, which they were in the older generation, I said, and uh, you know, going back to school, having a baby back in the 70s, that was not heard of like it is now, you know? And I said, I, you know, I didn't wanna, you know, tell them everything that I was going on, going on with the teachers, with the looks, with the friends that didn't wanna be around me anymore because I had this baby and everything. And I said to her, I said, I decided, I'm not going back. This was in 11th grade. I said, I decided I'm going to get a job and I'm going to work. So it, the accept and embrace, it really com- made me really compile everything and said, no, you, throughout your life, you've been comfortable to accept bits and pieces of your life, but I need you to accept and embrace it all, everything. Yeah. So that was, yeah. Yeah. <laughs>
1: Hey, thanks for listening to the podcast today. We're going to take a quick break and we'll be right back.
0: Undisciplined is a collaboration between the African and African American Studies Program at the University of Arkansas and KUAF.
1: The podcast provides a holistic understanding of complex issues that affect our interconnected world
0: taking the interdisciplinary approach of African and African-American studies to the classroom, into the community, onto the airwaves, and beyond. I am your host, Dr. Karee Banton, and for this fifth season, I have a new co-host,
1: Nenebi Tony
0: The podcast is produced by Leah Grant,
1: and is available every Wednesday at KUAF.com, Spotify, or wherever you listen to podcasts.
0: Follow the African and African American Studies program and the Undisciplined podcast on Instagram at U-A-R-K underscore A-A-S-T or visit kuaf.com to listen to all episodes.
1: Welcome back, y'all. Tell us, like, what or who has been the most influential thing in your life that has like significantly changed your life you mentioned a little bit maybe maybe it's your daughter maybe it was having your daughter I'm wondering if there's anything anyone else that you feel like has truly changed your life
2: um I would say you know my adoptive father um he was always the mediator of the family and he was like you know how some people have grandparents or they have that person that bring the family together or would say, you know, speak the truth, but speak the truth in the way that it was heard, you know? So, and he was the one that used to say to me, and I would hear him pray. He would model the God that he said that loved me more than he loved me. And I didn't think it was possible. I would model him praying to this God. So he was the one that really moved when, um, Uh, I was, was six, five or six when I got adopted, when I was dropped off to my um, aunt and her husband. So I just, I I know, and he was also the one that he showed me teamwork. Him and my mother was together all the way until I left. Um, We all always had the same phone number. I'd never seen the electric off. And, you know, I, I would, through their, their marriage and their relationship, even though there was an age difference, I was show stability. So that was great. But I also never seen them argue or go against each other. And I remember a time that was just so vivid, that helped me smile and give the world a smile. It was because of him. No matter what I was going through, I remember about, I was probably about nine or 10. I was in that age that I was very much listening. And instead of my adopted mother, um, building my self-esteem, once again, I said, she was back in that generational era where whatever came in mind, she said, and, uh, she was just making light of it, but she was talking about, um, you know, my, my features and my complexion. And she said, um, yeah, you got the lips and the nigger nose, but you'll be okay. We love you. You're still, you know, and I was crushed when I tell you, Jewel, I mean, you could just see, I, and I grew up and I model and I, even my, my, even my biological, um, my biological mother, I thought she was one of the prettiest women in the world. I idled up until I was, you know, dropped off, um. And I just didn't understand where her sadness came from. But as far as beauty, that was like the first woman that I felt was one of the most beautiful women in the world. And um, getting back to when um, she had said that, my dad, my adopted dad seen how I started acting. And he, he didn't let a week go by. I just remember him pulling me over and telling me, he said, Kimmy, he said, come here. And I said, yes, sir. You know, and he said, um, you're not smiling. He said, listen to your dear old dad. He said, the world needs your smile. He said, Now, he never said, he never straightened her out. He never put her in her place. He heard exactly what she said to me. But what he said to me gave me life. And, he, and I looked at him and I said, huh? He said, yeah. He said, you're hiding your smile. He said, I need you to know this. Always smile. Get that world, that beautiful smile that you had because the world needs it. You understand
0: me? And that was
2: it. So, yeah.
0: I love that. I love how your dad <laughs> was able to step in. Yeah. Notice your pain. Yeah. yeah. And walk yeah. with yeah. you through that. That's beautiful. Yep. Yeah.
2: That's
0: beautiful. Yeah. yeah. So, Kimberly, this is the last question. <laughs> and I'm so excited that we have time to get to it. Okay. Um, What role has affirmations played in your life? Whew. What are one or two that you live by?
2: Mm. affirmations uh truly have been life-saving for me so it has um like Maya Angelou and um Martin Luther King the, the the speeches that he have and and stuff like that and I always you know have found myself going into my own um my own spirit and saying along with the scriptures that, uh, you know, um, as far as my faith in God and my, um, strength that I lean on all the time for him to give me strength is that I have to speak, you know, these affirmations and power, death and life you know, is in the power of the tongue. So it's really life-saving for me that I constantly remind myself of affirmations and um things that I have um I have really found that has been you know just the core you know the the part of my soul part of my being and one of them that I can recall now was that I had I constantly remind myself that I have always said that it's not defined me and someone else. Yeah, because that brings me always back into I'm created beautifully and wonderfully made in his own image. And no one ever is going to be, I'm not going to even come close to finding anyone like me. So the decisions I make, the choices I make, how I react and how I respond is truly a divine because of the creator.
1: and it it feels like that kind of centers you and grounds you. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, because before
2: it was so easy to get into a depression mm. into an anxiety because of no how I'm filled with love of even into parenting my children like the four adults that I have and the 7-year-old that I have is saying uh I know the love that I have and what I would do and what I would say, and how I would act, and how I would treat people. One of the things that my adopted dad would say also is to treat people how you would want them to be treated, Kimmy, you? you know, Um. Uh, so when I had to really come to conclusion with that of not really looking for me and other people, because years, I have found myself trying to find that fighter that I am inside for someone else and, and hanging on to them and saying, okay, now I, I, I I'm, I'm looking for what I have in me and you to fight for me, battle um, this out,
1: you know? Yeah. Yeah. I know. I think that's, that's <laughs> it's so good. And there's just like a little nuance there, right? Because we, and I want to catch this for our listeners because we started off this episode saying being black or resilient, is like leaning into people and all this stuff like that. But what you're saying, Kim, is not, like, over-identifying with other people. And I'm wondering if you would agree with the phrase of, like, codependency or having relationships that feel really really enmeshed where you don't know it's like that I think it's the Laura Hill song where she's like I don't know where I begin I don't know where you end like it's these these songs that come up in our culture and our music that talk about like I have no idea who I am because I'm so consumed with the other person Mm -hmm. yeah that's really what you're saying you're not saying like I don't lean on people you're saying like I'm lost in people
2: yeah or lost and seeking to find immediately uh saviors when <laughs> yeah yeah I see you your <laughs> yes yeah you just yeah. yeah talk about yeah. that keep going <laughs> that that's, that's yeah. it right there yeah yeah looking yeah. for someone yeah.
1: else to save,
2: I save you yeah uh-huh. because I have always knew inside me I'm I'm just built to want to save people how can I help you what can I do for you? How can I help? Oh my gosh, you're, you you got this going on, you know. And uh, yeah, 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 yeah.
1: <laughs> no, I just I just love what you're saying. You're hitting something super super important. Like when we think about our sense of identity, um, it is not to save other people or to necessarily yes. be saved by folks, but that we have reciprocal uh, mutually.
2: Yes. Um, yes.
1: Responsive relationships. Right. right. And right. That I have this with, with a bunch of other people. Like right. uh, we often use the word tribe. Like I, I have all these people, all these um places and things like there. It's not just for me. It's not just people. It's not just people that help me to be reminded about who I am. Like you're mm-hmm. right. It's a part of me that I have to know. I have to be grounded. And whether that is my faith that allows me to like come back to something true of like, this is who I am. I was made in love. I was made from rest. Like, because that's my faith, like, or if it's something else, like, I don't know, just for our listeners, I hope that y'all grab what Kimberly is trying (laughs) to communicate to us today about the importance of your identity, not being lost in other people or not even just trying to find it in other people. Um, and, and especially when those people are probably not trustworthy to right. speak on who you are. Yeah. Um, and sometimes the people are even family, right? Sometimes even right. families say things mm-hmm. that are not necessarily good right. for us and for our development. And probably because of their age and, and generation, right? There was just a certain way people talked, right? Um, and I don't know. And, and, then it, and then sometimes it takes those reciprocal relationships, those, safer relationships of someone to say hey baby girl smile just smile right you know right. reminding you of who you are what you have to offer reminding you of the good and the beautiful inside of you right, um, right. I just I love what you shared yes
2: can I I want to add this what you just said and do you know that I know listeners said that I want to be very transparent it wasn't until late in my probably early 40s or in the middle of the 40s that I really found and started thinking about the reciprocated because I was in cycles of not looking at and not feeling the reciprocated love and in, in relationships, in in, in family and in, um in personal relationships until I started really getting that uh, understanding, that self-worth, that I am <laughs> worth a reciprocated uh relationship where I'm giving you're giving <laughs> you're just not taking and 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 giving the right giving the right respect the right love the right peace I'm coming in with you with peace I want to get peace back too I want my cup full just like I'm filling your cup you know so I didn't get that until in my late but what I think I did and I continue to talk about and be open about it doesn't matter what age or when you get it you just got to get it You got to be confident enough that you can get it and you will get it. And, um, when I started getting to know, okay, my healing is my responsibility. Me being in these toxic relationships is only my, my blame, my blame, no one else's. And so if I, my, my dad used to say something like, if you want better, you do better. (laughs) And so I said, you know, I have to do better and trust in God and, First, I went into really my prayer mode and understanding, like I said, from the foundation that I was a gift all the way back to that, as far as the little baby that I felt that was rejected by both parents. And then also loving me. Mm -hmm. I found this core to say, you know what? And it's been so overwhelming when I, I, me and baby girl will go all over. And when you find that missing point of uh, peace in your life of just loving you, Unconditionally loving you, loving you like no other person, whether nobody else loves you, whether your baby, your child, your husband, your no, nobody, th- that doesn't matter. You love you. When you get that, you attract that right love. And uh, that's what I found. I found once I got that loving me unconditionally and wanting the best for me and knowing that I'm worth that same love that I'm giving me. Oh my gosh. It was like a I was like oh
1: (laughs) new world. (laughs) Yeah. Man, I hate to stop our conversation, (laughs) but I want us to end this episode a little differently than what we normally do. I would just I know affirmations are your thing. And so I would love for each of us to just say. What's the one two word, one phrase that the affirmation you want your, our listeners to remember today? Um, Kim, if we can start with you and then Denisha, you go next and I'll end. And then that will be how we kind of say goodbye. Is that good? So, Kim, what is your affirmation that you want people to remember?
2: Give you the best gift of you. Mm-hmm.
0: It's okay to be self-ful.
1: Mm, say that one more time, Dee. It's okay
0: to be self full.
1: Okay, you see how the internet does not like this. This really good. <laughs> you gotta say it one more time. Say it one more time.
0: It's okay to be self-ful. Oh yeah. Mm. Okay. Mm. I love it.
1: Yeah, and the it. only thing I would add is that you are more than enough. Thank yes. y'all so much for listening yes. to our podcast today. We are so, so excited that we got to welcome Ms. Kimberly Bell all the way from Maryland. Um, and yes. we look forward to just being able to collaborate even more in the future. Thank you so much.
2: Thank you for having me. Thank See you. you.
1: <laughs> all right, y'all. Y'all have a great, great day.
0: I'm Denisha Simpson, and you've been listening to the Resilient Black Women podcast. You can learn more about us and our work at resilientblackwomen.org. And if you've liked this episode, share it with a friend or two. Tell us what you think. We love reading reflections from our listeners. We hope you can join us again.